good. Hold on a second here. Over, I'm not. You're, you're over here. You're over here. I know. I'm like. I'm <laughs> I, I, good I, morning. I, Welcome I'm back. <laughs> good morning. Welcome back to Chop for Time. I'm Devin. I'm here with Ben and Thomas, and we have a guest joining us, but you won't see him. Is Johnny's here with us today? So um, we're just really excited to be able to get into um, this look in Hebrews, continuing on, and with Jesus being greater than. And so we're just going to stop for a moment of prayer. First of all, we want to ask that you would hit that like button, subscribe button, so this can go out to more people. Let's open up with the word of prayer. Would you open us up? Sure. Father, thank you again for the opportunity to be able to get together with my brothers and discuss your word. Uh, God, I pray that everything that we say uh, would be glorifying and magnifying to your name and help to draw us and everyone who watches or listens to this grow closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, yesterday's message, can you give us a recap on that? Sure. Greater things. Hebrews 6, 13 through 20. Uh, we noted a little bit of a shift in the approach that the writer was taking because there had been a lot of stern warnings up until this point. That's right. Um, the warnings continue, absolutely, but we begin to see a little bit of the importance of why these warnings uh, you know, he's the writer has been so emphatic with making these warnings. Uh, he begins to use an example that they would have been incredibly familiar with: God's covenant with Abraham, mm. His promise, His covenant to him, uh, and really sets the stage for God that there being no one greater, nothing greater. Uh, because he's talking about when we enter into a covenant, we both swear, whenever we make an oath, we both swear by something that's greater than what we are because that, that holds us accountable. You know, it's something that is uh, elevated above us. The writer makes the statement, there is nothing, no one greater than God. Mm. So he made this oath, he swore this covenant on himself mm -hmm. because it's impossible for God to lie. Mm -hmm. And... Where we arrived yesterday in our message was verse 19, being anchored in that hope of Jesus Christ. And the connectivity between the two is we have an anchor in the promise, in the covenant, in the oath that reveals the character of God himself, that there is nothing, no one greater and that's what our hope's placed in. Amen. That's what we're anchored in. Yes. So it's really important for us to understand, not only are we anchored in Christ, we're anchored in God, but there's nothing greater that we could be anchored in, like not even close. Right. And he goes back to uh, the covenant made with Abraham to establish that. And th that's just such a uh, an awe-inspiring picture to me, to think about that. So we started talking about the role of an anchor, right? basically. And we visited, um, in reference form, Acts 27, the story of the hurricane, um, you know, Paul, the Apostle Paul being on the boat, and, uh, you know, the way that he instructed through that physical event of destruction, mm -hmm. you know, that storm of life that he faced. 
and and I talked about some things that I struggle with with storms. And you know, and I basically started the message by making the statement that listen, life is hard. You know, life is difficult, and there's no uh, time frame. There's no social status. There's no economic status. There's no political. There's no influential. There's nothing that separates us from the fact that life is hard. That's right. Um, and the storms are a reality of our life. Mm-hmm. You know, in this life, you will have trouble. So if it's an inevitability, if storms are going to come, then I believe it's our responsibility as believers and as ones who glorify and magnify Christ in everything we do to learn how to navigate and weather these storms well mm. um, and, and not push them aside, not act like we don't struggle, not act like we don't face things, but how do we navigate these storms well? And I know that there were three things I talked about, the insecurity, insufficiency, uh, and insignificance. Right. You know, I battle those three personally every time that something's going on in my life, that I'm sure. facing a difficult time, that I'm facing a storm. Um, and then, you know, in that passage in Acts 27, um, it says that Paul instructed them to cast four anchors, one in each direction, to anchor them during the storm. And got a little allegorical here. I'm sorry, Tolkien. I feel like I let him down because he despised allegory in all of its forms. Um, but you know, what are some of the things? I wasn't trying to suppose anything on Scripture, like Paul was saying that these are the four anchors. You know, right. it's kind of like the seven pillars of wisdom that Solomon talks about in Proverbs, and everybody's like, "I figured out the seven pillars." Right? Like, no, you haven't. Um, but I believe that there were four concepts, you know, that we could biblically draw. Yes, that help to solidify us in the midst of the storm, mm. uh, our, our purpose, our uh, community, our, um, sorry, I'm, I'm drawing a blank now, our purpose, our community, our worship. Oh, oh, hold on a second. Let me get to the notes. <laughs> wow, Should I put it on the screen in big flashing words? Or yes, please. <laughs> and you can edit this part out. <laughs> I had them yesterday. I mean, they just rolled yesterday. Here it comes. Okay. Waiting. Waiting. It's like, I feel like, a, you know, Mega Man when he's like, he's waiting for the bolt to come down. <laughs> he's like, uh, anytime yeah. now. Okay. So where we were, I think we made it now. Um, so the four were a purpose. Courage was the one. Courage. Courage. All right. <sighs> yeah. So that's pretty much my wrap up right there. <laughs> Hey, you know, it was powerful. Let's just go through and do a takeaway from that. So we'll go through. I'll start up. You know, one of the things I'm going to key in, because I think that's what we're working on towards today anyways, but community. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the anchors that you talked about, I just really, I feel Holy Spirit is really directing us in this direction that we're going to talk about even today. But to me, community is so important in my life. You know, I need to be connected to the body. I need my brothers. God has placed me here in Grayson, in FCC, and in the body right here. And I found out throughout my walk in Christ how important it is for me to be connected to others in the midst of my struggles. That has been a huge anchor in my life. so um, that's going to be my, my takeaway from that one. Yeah, one of the things that you, you talked about was this. Oh, that's, there we go. Um, one of the things that we you talked about was the, um, you said that God doesn't want us just to go through the storms, but to grow through the storm. Oh, yeah. um, and I, th- I thought that was a fantastic line. Because, I mean, we've, we've got, you know, examples of this in the life of Jesus whenever uh, the storm hits and he tells it to, to cease. Mm. And it does. And but he uses it as a teaching moment for the disciples of like, don't you like, don't you know 
like everything's okay you know and like and 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 you know he he goes through plenty of storms himself we see in the garden of gethsemane where he is like sweating blood and you know but um i, th I just thought that was a really applicable point to the to the to recognizing like hey these storms are hard but they don't have to be bad for your growth as a christian mm. in fact if anything we should use them for good i mean the same with did you, i think you mentioned joseph mm -hmm. um a prime example of you know others meaning something for evil but god is able to use it for good you know um and i i just i think that's really important for us to hold on to is like this truth of like if if we go through a hard time that is designed to prune us and mold us and shape us to be more and more like christ it's not just for the sake of us going through a hard time you know amen Good stuff right there. I loved, you had a lot of little zingers yesterday, those one-liners that I was like, oh, God wants us to grow through the storm and not just go through it. So those were really uh, powerful. Matter of fact, I got to see, there was a couple more. Uh, God is calling us to pick things up that are not necessary and toss them overboard. So good stuff right there. Um, so we're going to move on today and talk about the three I's, which were Insecurity, insufficiency, um, and insignificance. Insignificance. So those three eyes, because I think that's really important that we're dealing with this. And I like the term that we used before, transparency and vulnerability. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's what we're talking about right now, because it's easy, even in a storm, to become isolated, pulled away. Um, and, you know, become John Wayne, you know, think you can make it all by yourself and just go through this. And I think that that's not God's way. God's way is not John's, John Wayne's way, you know. So I think that we need to go, like my wife said, this is the way, you know. So <laughs> she said that yesterday. Solid Mandalorian reference. <laughs> we, we, uh, we ended up with two Mandalorian references I know, yesterday. It was so we great. did one at Youth last night that wasn't planned. So it was a it was Mandalorian so day. <laughs> It was so, but you know, it, the way that God has for us is not the way that the world says, "Hey, man up or do it like this." Is is God said, "Hey, connectivity, mm -hmm. um, community, and and getting in, in line, linked up with our brothers." So let's let's look at those. We got some passages. We're kind of keying in on those three. Yeah. Did you want to say anything? Well, I just I, I think that it would benefit us to split the hair a little bit and say that there is a difference between being transparent and being vulnerable mm -hmm. um, you know we talked yesterday in in one of my last points there I said God has called us to worship through the storms mm -hmm. not whine through yes. the storms and there is a level of transparency that you and I can have where I'm not vulnerable whatsoever mm -hmm. like I can be transparent with you all and I can tell you what's happening in my life and if I'm coming more from a place of wanting to whine about it and bring attention to it and get you all to focus in on the oh, woe is me type of story, I can be transparent right. very easily to achieve that. But to be vulnerable and to allow you all in in the midst of my storms, in the midst of my struggles, in the midst of that transparency, that's when it becomes worshipful. Mm, amen. Is that, and we're going to see that in these passages because I, I don't think, I honestly don't think that most churches struggle with transparency. Because if we're facing something, most everybody knows about it. We may not have the right motive in being transparent, but most every, if, if I'm struggling, if I'm going through a hard time, 
Yeah, especially in the age of social media. A lot of people are going to know about that. Oh, yeah. It could become a big complaining venue that all of a sudden that's all we're doing. Right. But in order to truly be vulnerable, I think that that's something that we do not do well in most churches is true vulnerability. And that that's kind of what I just kind of wanted to preface this conversation with. I love that, you know, because if your transparency is only complaining, if it's only stating what you're going through, then that's not letting people see into yourself of what struggles that you're having in the midst of this what is causing you then it's you're just stating a fact yeah. but you know being vulnerable is letting your emotion show and what this is causing in you with a sense of you're needing you're needful mm-hmm. not just hey hey this is what i'm going through you know um this i'm i'm need, need some help here yeah you know i think that's it and i love this this passage that we're going to deal with three passages today one is going to be in ecclesiastes um Chapter 4, and I just love this. Two, this is Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through um, 12. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be empowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. We often use that in weddings, right? Um, so, but uh, I love that passage, and, and the, the part that stands out to me is that when you're truly linked, when you're vulnerable, there somebody can come alongside you and help you. If you're standing alone and you're just like, "I got this," and you're complaining, but if you're you're you know saying, "Hey, I need some help," somebody can lift you up. You know, help carry this burden of, you know, I'm going to come back. I preached on it a couple weeks ago, but, you know, a burden shared is half the burden. Mm -hmm. And I think that's key issue. God tells us to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And that's where, man, I'm letting somebody see into me or they're letting me see into them. And then, hey, sometimes they can't even see what they need to do, or I can't see what I need, but you can. Mm -hmm. And that's such a key principle because I'm like, you can help me. I might not be able to see the next step, but you can say, here's here's where you need to place your foot, or here's where you need to go. You know, I need you to take me up the path. You know, let me grab onto your hand. I think that's so important. Uh, and that's vulnerability. Hey, two are better if there's connections, and that's what God has created. You know, He sent the disciples out two by two, not just to say, he didn't say go out. He said, man, go out two by two because he knew that they needed each other in this time where they were going to be facing struggles. He said, you're going to be taken here and there, and they're not going to, they're going to despise you. So he wanted them to have that vulnerability yet strength in, in each other. Yeah. yeah. Thomas, what do you think about Stands Up? Yeah, I, very similar, just the, the, the emphasis on, on connection with other people, I think, is one that we often forget. And sometimes we think that we just go to church because that's what you do, or we're connected to a church because it's fun. Um, but this kind of passage reminds us that there's like a, a actual and um, practical benefit to connectivity. You know, he compares it to like, you can't be warm. Like if, you, if there's a cold night and you're on your own, you're not going to get warm. Uh, you need another person there to keep you warm and, and, and body heat, stuff like that. Um, and the same thing is true in our faith, and I, I like that parallel in that in life you just can't go through things alone. And I think in our culture, in our Western culture, we're taught over and over again, it's like, you know, man up, do it yourself. Right. Um, don't show any weakness, Like, which I think is like the, that difference between transparency and vulnerability is you can tell people what's going on, but vulnerability is when you ask for help with what's going on you know something johnny was talking about uh yesterday with our youth was this uh this continuously crying out 
God save me. Yes. Just continuously over and over again and doing that with other people, asking for help with other people, praying with other people and and being in community with other people. It makes just a world of difference. Um, and it's not like, hey, this is a good idea. It's like, this is a necessity. You know, if you lie down in the cold in wherever, the, you know, the Middle East and at night, uh, you're probably going to die. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not a, this is a good idea. It's like, this has to be the case. Yeah. Um, so... And, you know, my takeaway is going back to that community aspect, which we talked about a little bit yesterday, and Thomas was just talking about with the church standpoint in particular, you know, your church family. A couple weeks ago when we were studying uh, in our study on the Holy Spirit, um, you know, we, we talked about when we come to church with our gifts, we are on mission. You know, there's a purpose for us being here. It's not just to check off a social obligation box. That's right. It's like we are here on mission not only for ourselves, but for our brothers and sisters as well. You know, and looking at those three eyes, you know, insignificant, uh, insecure, or insufficient, uh, each one of those, you know, strikes at everybody's heart. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have those things uh, that, are, that that we can reveal, but we, we try to hide them. We put a mask on, you know. You come into church at times, and we're like, how you doing? I'm blessed. Oh, blessed, yeah. And you really, you're dying. You had just, you know, a big fight with your loved one or, you know, you've been struggling with sin all week long, but we still, you know, smile and put on, you know, fake it till we make it. But that's, I don't think, and I, I don't want to say we come in crying and sobbing at church because nobody would want to be around us. But, you know, there is a, a an aspect where you have that group of people mm-hmm. that you know that you can reach out to an accountability group, yeah. you know, a small group of men or a small group of women, whoever you are, that men come around you and surround you and lift you up. Agree with those who grieve, mourn with those who mourn, and rejoice with those who rejoice. Okay, so moving on to our next passage. Yeah, uh, we have Proverbs 27, uh, verse 17, which is a very short one. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Uh, Again, it comes back to that practicality, right? You know, like, if if we want to grow in our faith, um, you need other people to help you grow. Um, Obviously, we have scripture, which is fantastic. You can't do it without scripture. Um, well, you know, it's very, very difficult to do anything with God without scripture. Obviously, you know, there are people who do not have it, so I'm not going to say that they're excluded. But, um, you know, the community is so important. Like, if, if I'm wanting to overcome sin, I know a huge uh, part of my life um, for since I went into middle school, pornography was just one of those things that just ravaged my life the whole time. And I never saw any progress with dealing with it until I told another person. Mm. Like, I kept being like, you know what, I'm going to get through this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, right. to beat this for God. You know, I, I think it was more just because I, th- I thought it was the right thing to do. And I was like, I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to tell anybody. But I'm going to get through it on my own. Nothing. Just never, never worked. And I never started to see any progress um, until I started to talk with other people. Mm-hmm. It turned out we're going through the exact same thing uh, and we were able to sort of work together, keep each other accountable and, and really push each other to to see Christ. And and that's so important. I think that's like just a vital part of uh, our growth as Christians um, is to not only sharpen others, which is important, but be willing to be sharpened ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, with the, with the ironing, sharpening iron analogy, um, something gets chipped off and there's a there's a hard strike every time that happens and that's potentially hurtful and more painful but it's for the betterment and for the for the um effectiveness of the arrow that you actually might make out of a little 
piece of iron, if, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. No, that well, makes perfect sense. Well, I think not to kind of circumvent here, but I think that kind of leads us into our third scripture. Exactly. Sure. What it, so I'm just going to go ahead and read yeah, that. Please that's, do. Yeah. So uh, James five sixteen, uh, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Mm-hmm. Some scriptures say so that you can be restored. Um, and, and I think that's exactly what Thomas is talking about there is like there's this open, uh, this openness. Because listen, with vulnerability, you're taking a risk. Right. Yeah. I mean, you really are taking a risk. Uh, you're potentially opening yourself up to be hurt mm-hmm. by a brother or sister. And yeah. that's a reality of it. Yes. Uh, but confess your sins one to another. Listen, this is not, this is not eternal sin, forgiveness, and confession. Here, all right. This is accountability. This is talking about struggles. This is talking about the things that uh, jeopardize our relationship or drawing closer to Jesus Christ. It's like, man, I'm struggling with this. I need you to pray for me. I need you to hold me accountable. I need you to iron, you know, to sharpen me as we do this. And it's that that back and forth and that importance of of having those relationships with fellow believers. Amen. I, you know, I love the passage here because a lot of people, you know, term this term with like, hey, physical healing. I'm not saying that, you know, God can do anything he wants, but I really believe this is way deeper than just a physical ailment that God oh, wants yeah. to get rid of. This is talking about that sin wounds us. The Bible says that sin brings death. I mean, we don't have to look too far to understand that sin brings death of relationships, brings death of joy, death of blessings. Man, just all around aspect, every sin causes some form of death. And I love this, wounded by sin. Mm -hmm. Um, And when we're going through these struggles and battles in our lives, you know, I, it's not mortal or venial sin like this stuff, you know, where you're going to be forgiven by confessing. You're, I'm not going to be able to forgive you. Right. Um, you know, God, your forgiveness is with God. And But, you know, what I can do is when we're talking to one another, you're sharing, it's a principle that God has given. And when you follow the principles of God, there's nothing that can be stopped from God's hand from working, even if you're not a Christian. I just believe when you're following God's word, uh, that's why I believe that AA and NA work to the T. They're following the principles of God, and those are biblical principles that they're establishing, even confessing your trespasses mm-hmm. to one another and praying for one another that you may be healed. And I feel that's what God has created for us, and that's what we need. We need right here in our church small groups of men or women with women, men with men, you know, getting together and sharing and confessing and being vulnerable and open to deal with insecurities, insufficiencies, and insecurities significance in our lives that we're facing through any storm, any trial. And I think that's key principles that will enable us to grow in small ways that, man, it will expand this church out to be just incredible. Yeah, agreed. Thomas, any thoughts? Yeah, um, I just uh, on the flip side of that, especially from a ministry point of view, if you're ever trying to lead other people, um, I've found in my own life with with the battle with pornography is like, you know, I work with teenagers. I don't know a single teenager that isn't going to be facing that problem these days. And I just never had any progress trying to talk to kids about this problem. Never had a single one of them come up to me and say, yeah, I struggle with this too, until I said, this has ravaged my life. Um, And until I was open and vulnerable enough to say, like, um, this is something that I deal with. Uh, This is a temptation I have to battle every single day. Um, And chances are you do too. And then you have, I had floods of people just coming up and saying like, hey, like this is, this has been going on since I was six or, or whatever it is. And, and it's, it's kind of heart wrenching, but it's like, it, 
it took a level of vulnerability or um, uh, openness with other people to help lead other people. And then it also took me being vulnerable to another person to help me be led to, to kind of get there. Um, the passage I've been thinking about, it's I've talked about it a few times over the last uh, three or four days, um, is the John uh, 13.35 um, this how you will know, or this how people will know that you're my disciples um, by your love for one another. Um, and I think that's just something that we really need to hold on to in a level of unity within the church, that our our love and our encouragement and desire for each other to grow should be so infectious that it grows the church just in and of itself. Um, and sometimes we're not good at that because we're also not willing to be vulnerable, I think. Good stuff, yeah. Um, any takeaways? going to be uncomfortable amen but i've never been through a procedure that truly examines me and addresses any type of need that i have that i would classify as comfortable amen. that's a great statement i'm going to key in on that one too yes it's going to be uncomfortable but it's worth it amen it's worth it the long-term value of getting together with people has been an anchor in my life and um, it's worth it. Yes, it's very uncomfortable, especially when you have new people and you're kind of like, should I trust this person? Because I'm now exposing areas in my life that I'm struggling that, you know, I'm not going to preach on on Sunday. But, you know, um, hey, it is worth it. It is worth it. I kind of just gave away my takeaway. I don't know if I have anything else. That's good. But, uh, I'm no. going to pass back to you guys. <laughs> it's great. Um, amen. We, we just want to say thank you once again for joining us. Um, if you have any comments or questions, please write them down in the comment section below, and we'll get back to you. Um, if you want to contact us, we can be reached at fccgrayson.com. Or you can just look us up. Give us a call. If you don't have a home church, we would love to participate and grow together and come in and join this fellowship here at FCC. With that, let's uh, close out in a word of prayer. Thomas, would you close out? Certainly. Uh, Father, thank you for another wonderful opportunity to discuss your word, uh, to discuss Ben's message. And Lord, I pray that... Um, and I, I thank you for all the heart change that has come over the last little while from all of the teachings that we've been able to do through here. Um, being able to see people baptized and people motivated to, to move forward in their faith is a real blessing, Lord, and I pray that that does nothing but multiply in this church and in every church. Uh, we ask these things in your name. Amen.